Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, wow, already improved. I got a countdown first time in 25 months in balloon party history, Hall of Fame history. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special edition <laughs> of Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Burkhardt Alton Toyota's balloon party, sitting in for the vacationing Jackson Bennett, Burkett, Horton Watkins, Marshy Marsh and the Playful Posse, you know him from the fast lane. And Maryville Hockey. What is going on, Tim? This is an honor. This is awesome. We have not been together since I was on TMA like months ago. Yeah. And, and, and the listeners, many of our male listeners took a liking to you. How'd that make you feel? It made me feel really good. Did it really? You know, my self-image definitely, sure. so definitely nice to heightened. It's nice to have Man, it was 40-something-year-old fathers hit on you. Absolutely. It's, it's always a treat. Well, maybe that can happen here today. Maybe. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. And uh, you can participate in the program and uh, gaze at Marshy Marsh and rank him in comparison to Jackson uh, in the YouTube chat. How's your YouTube chat on the fast lane? I want to do some comparing and contrasting on what we experience on this program and what you and Jamie mm-hmm. Rivers and Anthony Stalter and now Kerry Davis experience on the fast lane so our youtube chat is deemed the snake pit oh is it really yes they actually so came up with their own name i kind of like that they have a discord page they'll talk outside really? of the show oh yeah like it's becoming a thing now now That's great. I, I like to hear that i don't know if they're they're hitting on all three of us or all four of us as much as who you gets know, hit on the most oh that's a good question maybe it, it, I think it depends See, here's on, the thing. That depends tells, on the here, day. Here's the thing. That, you know what that tells me? Your answer right there tells me it's you. But you didn't want to say that because you felt like it might come off self-indulgent. But you're in a safe space because there's no way you could be more self-indulgent than me. I, I'm being honest. It, it's not just me. Like, Carrie, beautiful smile. You have Jamie who wears Speedos. Yeah, that's hot. During the, you know, during his break. And then you have you have uh, Anthony, who's who's always looking big, nice haircut from time to time. It, does. it really depends on the day. Really? Yeah. So they want you all. They want us all. It's so great. Especially so from two to six. That is hot. And I didn't know that. And then there's a Discord page for the whole thing. Oh, yeah. I had no idea that that was going on as well. Well, uh, you're going to experience the balloon party uh, chat today. And uh, how about this? Tiny Peepee says, Marsh is the sexiest on 101 besides Tim. How about that? That's a huge endorsement. To even be in the that same sentence. To be in the same sentence as somebody that you're a full foot taller than. Uh, Marshy reads the chat. That's from Roberto De Niro, 69. I love reading the chat. I stay I stay in the chat, Tim. Is the chat now more a source of interaction than your text line? Um, I try to still go to both. I like show interaction. I do both. I do both. I, I like seeing, you know, because I feel like it's it's two different groups of people. Like the, the chat on YouTube is just having a good time. Not that the texters aren't, but obviously there's more interaction on the YouTube page because they can talk to each other. Whereas on the text line, yeah, they become like friends of each other. Exactly. Exactly. And they're, especially in the snake pit, they're talking about things that, that have nothing to do with our show. Right. And then I'll see what they're talking about. And maybe I'll take that and throw it into the show. 
because I, I like the interaction. Like we need, we Amen. need them to 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 listen in, and then we want to make them feel like they're part of the show, and they are. The people in the text inbox on TMA are infinitely more entertaining than the people actually hosting TMA. I can tell you that, and it has been a, a wonderful source of entertainment for that show for a number of years. And now we've got this YouTube chat, and I'm a big fan of that. So uh, currently, many people in that YouTube chat talking it over. We welcome you to participate via the YouTube chat or the Air Comfort Service text line. I also have put this out there, and I put it out on TMA. I'm going to give $50 for a deep dive. Whether I use it today or tomorrow, we'll see. Uh, via Venmo, and I, a number of people have received payments from me on this program. If you come up with a deep dive suggestion, I immediately Venmo it out. Marsh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it and then not pay it. So you know that if I use it, you will get paid. So you can just say, yeah, let me think. Maybe this will get them going. And then they send it in the text inbox or in the YouTube chat. And the next thing they know, they got fifty dollars in their Venmo. Oh, it's we just did, like that. We did get a text from the six three six. I hit on Marshy the most, so I assume others are too. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, is is that like a what are you twenty seven? Twenty seven. About to be twenty eight here in a couple of couple of months. And now a man in love, if I'm told correctly. Yeah. Wow. I know. Things, things have changed, changed Mox, right? Wow. <laughs> Do you talk about this on the air? Am I making you uncomfortable? I don't know. No, I mean, really kind of just say, you know, whatever comes to mind. We don't, like, necessarily get into it on air, but, like, the question comes up some from time to time. And well, I, Jackson's kind of a man in love. Do you boys talk about it? you guys get in your little treehouse and talk about it? Try to make each other jealous that you're now interested in girls? No, I don't know if we do that. I think it's definitely an interesting development when when it's Jackson happened kind of at the same time. It is our our lives are running parallel right now. Yeah. You know, we talked about yesterday the cultures of the Cardinals and the Blues and how maybe they're running parallel. I think Jackson and I and I our love lives are are slightly parallel wow. right now. And that's this. why he's in Scottsdale, right? Well, he's with 19 other guys in a small home. So I think this is just kind of like a back to the back to the glory days weekend gotcha. and then he'll go back to his his other life. Everybody needs a day off, right? It's kind of like when Vito went to New Hampshire. So, <laughs> so it's a different set of circumstances this week. So, how did I, 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 then I'll get off of this? But I'm really curious. How mm. did you meet this uh, this friend of the feather? I mean, just a solid DM into the Instagram, right? Oh, that's so... yeah. But we we who we did, did who did the DMing? Uh, I did. She nice. did the following. I did the DMing. So, like, we had a conversation about this. When why did she start following you? Maybe she liked the chat. Thought I was cute. I don't know. <sighs> So you're, man, but we, this. We, this is a totally different world than we I We did know in. each other from the past. We went to school together, and then we kind of reconnected. So it was a nice little love, little, little love story going, going on, on? Uh, since June. That counts. And then you're 27, and since June, that starts to count. I mean, that It counts. does count. Listen, I was in a previous relationship that lasted like three I remember years, that. and I right thought that, we that lasted. Here, a, I thought it lasted a long time. You came in here and kind of opened up. You came into the TMA studio. You knew if there was a place you could open up, it's the TMA studio. Oh, I remember you told me that to me and uh, Jackson, and I, you told me a couple things, and I go, "Oh, move on. This is bad. This is a bad situation mm-hmm. here. I'm just telling you, we're in a good one though. Yeah, we're that in makes a solid. Me so happy, and Jackson's super yeah, happy. Absolutely. How about Jackson's new haircut? That's well, what he's he really know things growing. are. That's he's true. He's got a surge. He's got a whole thing going. He used to be self-conscious when he'd be mm-hmm. on the cameras here, and now he's got, you know, he's got his hair slicked back. Well, he he looks had the like hockey hair going for he a little did. bit. He did. And he had to chop it off. I get it. The, the the seasons are changing. Sometimes people have different cuts for different seasons. Yeah. So. And he's a sharp looking, but look at you guys. You're all grown up and you're all grown up. Yeah. Have you been part of this producer round table when I would be on vacation? Absolutely. I'm high on that. Uh, me too. <laughs> It's it's awesome. It's, it's a great it, I time. Get, I get the sense though 
reading between the lines from management, it's kind of the last resort. They debate between playing like syndicated programming or the producers' roundtable. Mm. And I, for one, am for the producers' roundtable. Me too. Anytime I can, you know, come on here and talk to these great listeners there for an go. hour. Look at that. I look at that. See, Jackson doesn't do, Jackson doesn't kiss the ass of the audience. You just weaved it in really nicely. Yeah. That was a, that's a good move. Jackson just gives Pacer Celtics highlights, and that that irritates. Well, him. hey, we're still have that time. Sports Center. <laughs> I think I have to as right? a tribute to Jackson. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we will uh, welcome you to participate in the program. Marshy Marsh filling in the next two days while Jackson is vacationing. I am out of the country next week uh, and the week after that, as a matter of fact. Uh, so Josh Innes will be filling in while I am gone. Uh, 314-399-9646. That is where you can send in your texts, the Air Comfort Service text line. And you have had to produce a Little Piddles Thursday thoroughfare. That's not an easy task for a, for a man. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like it. I don't know. Oh, did you not do it? The six shooter? Yeah. Well, no, it's a Thursday thoroughfare on Thursdays. He's got his names for these things. I, I mean, they're essentially, it's just the same thing. But It's, it's just the same thing. Name. I mean, I got I got questions for you, Tim. Okay. All right. So. Well, I'm looking forward to this. All right. Fair enough. All right. That is coming your way here on the program. It is 10-12 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Marshy Marsh and the Playful Posse filling in for the vacationing Jackson Burkett. I'm Tim McKernan. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I stepped on it. So you wait, you you give the cue. I give the cue. I hear the music and I just start going. Okay. You know what you are? You're a pro's pro. Look at you! I, like I just start talking. Know, the you music, know? I gotta go. Well, I have to. I have to wait because the the breaks during this during the fast lane, right? I mean, that could be a show in itself. Oh, sure. So we just I, gotta make sure that that, that everyone knows when the mics are coming on. That's a good strategy. Yes. That is a great strategy. Actually, you're saving people's careers with that strategy. I try because I. I know, I know of which you speak. Not mm. necessarily on that show. I've been mm. on the fast lane a couple times, but yeah, the shows in between commercial breaks. I always have told Mike Claiborne that that what he says while we're waiting for Cardinals to come out at spring training should be its own podcast because he just he's got the greatest stories ever, and that's the podcast in and of itself. And then commercial breaks on the fast lane, TMA, mm-hmm. yeah, those could be shows in and of itself. Uh, Marshy Marsh and the Playful Posse filling in for Jackson Burkett, who is vacationing. Uh, today and tomorrow. And so you have been charged with producing the Thursday thoroughfare. Now, what Jackson does, Jackson mm-hmm. knows that I, my mind and the topics that will get me just spewing. So I don't know, what what did he explain to you? What did he charge you with? How did he explain creating a Thursday thoroughfare or a Friday six-shooter? He just told me to come up with, with just questions. Great. So that was, sounds like it was a good one- one word text exchange. Pretty much. I mean, he was like, hey, we got six questions. Come up with some questions for Tim. I'll relay those to him. And and then we'll go from there. So I came up with what I think are some interesting questions that that you could dive into Mm -hmm. because I know you do a great job of that. So if we want to get to some of them, I mean, I got them right here. I I see the questions. What are you going to go with for the lead? Well, we are in all-star mode now, right? Mm -hmm. We're in the all-star mode, the NHL all-star game. We have the Pro Bowl coming up. We got a text yesterday in the fast lane. Like, is the pr- are these All Star games overrated? So it got me thinking. Yes. It got the wheels. What did you guys come to the conclusion of? Did everybody come to the conclusion? I don't even know if they're really rated anymore. 
I guess people I, do watch to an extent the Thursday night skills thing on the NFL. Maybe I I, I don't I I personally if I have something else going on I'm probably doing that mm-hmm. and I'll catch the highlights later, but like it it does not have the same feel to it did like back in the day. Like I was a huge fan of Major League Baseball. I agree. Having the winner what host years? the World Series. Oh, God. We, we might fight, and I know I'm going to lose this fight, but either way, I'm going to put up a little fight. I hated that. Did you? What, what year? I'll give you my reasoning in a moment. What year does your baseball memory start? If you and Jackson are in the same age range, you're probably yeah. in the 2004, 2005, 2006 range would be my guess. So I I know things that have happened like like in previous years and like the 90s and whatnot and I can go back into other years if you start naming like specific people that probably isn't going to register with me but I remember like well like what's your first cardinal memory I guess my first cardinal memory was going to the old bush and doing like a meet and greet with some players I think I met like Ray Langford oh, nice. I think Big Mac was there as well so I have oh, some that's like, pretty okay yeah, so yeah, I have that's some that, pictures that, with with those guys at the latest that's 2001 yeah Langford right. went to San Diego in 2001 came back in 2004 but McGuire was gone after 2001. So, all right. Okay, so you're going back. You're kind yeah. of, all right, all right. I think like the first World Series, you know, there's like when, you, when you're when you young, there's like that moment where you actually start remembering things. You're like, oh, 100%. wow, like I'm a human being. I, I can remember things. So I think the, the first World Series that I remember was 2002 with the Angels and the, and the Giants. Okay, Scott Spazio. Yeah, and everything after that has been, you know, all right. in my Got brain. It. So I can, I can re- recollect things. I hated, I hated I can't tell you how much I hated mm-hmm. that the All-Star Game dictated home field advantage in the World Series. Um, you took the least important game played in between April 1st and October 31st and decided where the most important game played between April 1st and October 31st would be played. I, I, I loved it. Well, that's great. It you got to give me a reason. Game, it made the game mean something you take the but they didn't treat it that way for the fans it meant something but then i'm going oh the cardinals are gonna have to go on the road if they're getting to the world series because you know some random not in 2011 though oh don't get me wrong but that's results oriented and there's a couple tenets of this program that you might not be familiar with that are Mm. very important number one we don't kink shame and that's really i know that that's the north star and i appreciate that thank you very much number two it's honesty and media and then finally we're not results oriented so yes it worked to their advantage in 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 2011 Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have worked in 2006 but they won it in 2006 in st louis in, in five games um, I just, for the life of me, I never understood why. And this goes back before it even started, mm-hmm. where the All-Star Game took over, and I think that was because of the 2002 World Series in, in Milwaukee, where it ended in a tie, and it was just a cluster. But that in 82, the Cardinals were on the road. 83, the Phillies and Orioles. Oh, then that's going to be the National League Park. Mm-hmm. 84, Tigers. They get to host. And it just went back and forth. And I thought that. I'm like, why wouldn't the team with the best record be rewarded with home field advantage? Baseball didn't do that up until they ended this All-Star game. Mm-hmm. It's charade. And there was some BS reason for like, well, for planning purposes. And I'm going, what is that about? Because the Cardinals go to the World Series, they win 105 games in 2004, but the wild card Red Sox get to host games one and two, and if there would have been, six and seven. And then for the planning that we heard about, one of the things that the Cardinals talked about, in the moment too, not results oriented, was that they get to they they win against the Astros, the Red Sox shockingly come back from 3-0 to the mm-hmm. Yankees. And there are no hotels available in Boston. And it's not like Boston's a small city. So they had to stay out 
like like a comfort inn, you know, oh, somewhere in New Hampshire or something like that. It was super random. And, you know, they're not using it as an excuse, but they were like, yeah, we'd get done and, you know, you, we're used to coming back and we can right. get food. And this was truly like some kind of random place in the middle of nowhere because there were no hotels available in Boston. Yeah, you're getting post-game meal out of, a, out of a vending machine. That's what it was. So so you're telling me about scheduling and then in 2004, the scheduling absolutely backfired. Either way, I just want, I want my big thing, one of the things that gets me riled up is that the regular season, I want regular seasons to match. Matter. Mm-hmm. And I hate when regular seasons values diminished. So that, that gets me going, Marshy Marsh and the playful posse. So do you think, so we're talking about the All-Star game, and I would think now the All-Star game doesn't mean anything, and maybe it didn't agree. to people back in the day. So but are you talking about the baseball one now, or are you talking I'm about just talking about all in general. I feel like they meant more before, in particular, the baseball one. Mm-hmm. And I think the defining moment for baseball's all-star games decline in popularity was not the tie, but it was interleague play. Now, oh yeah, because that was '97. Mm-hmm. When I was it, it, growing up in the '80s and '90s, obviously you didn't see these teams unless you were going to the World Series. I think it was even more popular predating both of us when you didn't have free agency. And Mm -hmm. so to see a guy from the American League playing a guy from the National League who likely wasn't switching teams because of no free agency, that was a huge deal. Interleague play, you got to see all these guys. So to see it didn't it didn't it it lost its uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And then it irritated the players when they're like, okay, now we're going to say that the game matters. Well, it still doesn't matter. We still play two innings, and then we're going to get on a plane and go to our vacation home and not even know who won the game. Oh, okay, I guess we have home field advantage. Oh, we don't because we lost the exhibition game in July. Dumb. Do you think that when we're looking at players, when they get to be in the position of making the Hall of Fame, I think a lot of people look at all-star selections. Do you think that the new modern age players – do the writers or the voters, do they take that into consideration now? Because I would think they wouldn't because it doesn't really matter anymore. I agree with you. I feel like it's used when it's convenient to use it. So if you're going to try to bolster somebody's campaign who may be borderline, you go, he's a you know, nine-time All-Star. Right. And it's like, well, he's an All-Star because 12 guys decided they wanted to go to Tahoe instead of <laughs> yeah. you know Milwaukee in July. So that's why. you know, I, I, So I, I, I don't think it should. It's kind mm-hmm. of like bowl games. You know, mm-hmm. in the 80s and part of the 90s, it was an accomplishment to get in. But if you're handed four free non-conference wins and then you win two more games in conference and you go to a bowl, you can't tell me that was a successful season. We have lowered the bar for that which is successful. And I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the Minnesota Gophers were a five-win team and correct. got into a bowl game. How did that even happen? Because if they don't have enough teams, then they go down to the five-win teams because they're not going to cancel the bowl because there's already dollars attached to it. To me, like that that's insane. I would agree with you, sir. Which is why when coaches try to defend a record and say, Hey, we went to a bowl, I go, Well, everybody goes to a bowl. Yeah, which one? Yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't matter. Yeah, foot college football's the inverse, the postseasons, the exhibition season. Now are you gonna be tuned in to the uh the, the senior bowl? No, I will not. I no. will not be dishonest with the audience on that. Although there, there's there's not much going on, so perhaps Yeah. Out of out of absolutely nowhere, I may watch it. Yeah, you got uh, Cody Schrader. I saw him breaking ankles yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. I, Cody I did not see Cody that. Schrader isn't really an ankle breaking back, but alas, he was doing it to a member of the Miami Hurricanes in practice yesterday. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what what his career looks like. I'm pulling for. He's just one of those guys. Yeah. that you pull for, whether you're a Missouri fan or not. 
you know, I can't wait. I want to do like a long form interview with, I know he's done a bunch, but at some point and sit down because I've, some of my friends either played with him mm-hmm. or are friends with his family and tell these stories of, of like the mental commitment, almost being to the point of being delusional. Right. I assume you've seen the film Rudy. I have. Okay. Yes. Like where people are just like, okay. Mm-hmm. When he was offsides. It, he was offsides <laughs> and then had a sack. What does it say for the Georgia Tech offensive line? I mean, we gotta we gotta run some sprints. Uh, that you're like, okay, that's that's cute, Cody. Sure, you're gonna keep playing. Okay, mm-hmm. go out and work out. And then everybody's going, God, we gotta talk to Cody. I mean, he, he thinks he's gonna play in the SEC, and then he does what he does, mm-hmm. and he kind of shoves it up everybody's backside with that, and leads a team that wins 11 games. It's an insane story and i think it's a story that of course it's very popular around here and maybe to an extent in the sec but around the country you know depending on what he winds up doing and also because of the manner with which he did it it can wind up becoming a national story in like a 30 for 30 or something like that who knows it's a hell of a story and it just happened to happen right in our backyard yeah it is awesome and i wonder what type of running back he profiles as like who would you compare him to in the NFL now from just like a skill set standpoint? Maybe not so much like the the heart and soul aspect of things because you can't teach that in somebody. So I wonder which team that he would fare best with and which type of running back that he would be in the NFL. Yeah, I feel like he's a, he's a guy who I just, I just can't bet against even though all logic would tell you it's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. But I just, I think, I don't know, maybe I'm off the mark on this, and maybe I overvalue it. I feel like some organizations in particular, but just in general, if I'm a coach, you want to have that kind of personality in your locker room, Mm -hmm. and you want to see them succeed because it kind of sets a tone for other players, especially if he winds up having uh, a real role in which he's contributing, and he's not just like like the mascot, you know, like, hey, here's the hard work guy, that he's actually a factor. I would love it. I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how much I'm pulling for him to have success. Uh, is there is there a player who you think of when you think of him? Not from like a uh, like a, a running standpoint. Like you look at a guy like Isaiah Pacheco, right? He wasn't like a top draft pick by any means, but he works hard. And he is an integral part of that Chiefs offense. Oh, so I yeah. wonder if he could be and it runs a simil- like a, like that kind of just. Oh, he gallops yeah, through. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he hurts guys, and that's what Schrader would do. He was right. like, you don't want to be the guy. It's like when Ken Hitchcock said, you don't want to open up the Roman Pollock door. You don't want to be the guy to go. Okay, I'm going to run at Cody Schrader, even though he's not like he's a huge guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to make you pay for trying to, and I love that. I, I don't know. I'm I'm so intrigued. And maybe we're just caught up or I'm caught up into the fact that he's a Missouri guy and it's a great story that you can't overcome that which mm-hmm. is just not given to you. But I feel like if there is somebody who could, it's him. Uh, who would you compare? I'd be curious what people would say. 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line or the YouTube chat. The cameras brought to you by the Air Alliance team. And that's our YouTube chat on Balloon Party 101 ESPN channel. Marshy Marsh filling in for... Jackson Burkett, who is on vacation today and tomorrow, you are listening to Balloon Party, presented to you by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Munganass Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. 
All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. And wait for Q, and I've been cued. Welcome back. It's Balloon Party. 101 ESPN, Tim McKernan filling in for a gentleman who goes by the name of Piddles. It's Marshy Marsh. Where did that come from? I believe Jamie Rivers. Really, I thought I thought that was something you guys made up. No, well, we've we've well, a lot of the names that have come in for this show have come from our friends in the Air Comfort Service text inbox. Mm. The latest being Little Piddles and the Chud being the name of the show. Okay, Yuppie and the Douchebag, uh, Tim and Boy, those are names. I don't know. I, Sounds I, like a children's book. Well, it's kind of a children's show. So I believe it was at a 101 ESPN event, perhaps at Blueberry Hill, if memory serves where Jackson walked up to Jamie Rivers and said something, and it was completely asinine regarding the game of ice hockey. I don't know if you're aware. He just isn't that well-versed. He's getting better, though. I guess. He's getting better. Now, we can debate on the increments that he is climbing, you know, you know what he's going in, but he's getting better, right? And I believe, I, I, I'm a big believer. I'm a proponent. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I believe Jamie Rivers disregarded the, the comment by saying, okay, thanks, Piddles. <laughs> now, where did Marshy Marsh and the playful posse come from? Because you just How? started, ca- you just I started well, calling I, mean, I have a bunch of nicknames for people, and I, I think they sometimes just go along with it, and, yeah. and deep down they go, why the hell is he calling me that? And that might be what we have right here. So, are you aware of Mark Wahlberg's original career? Yeah, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Well, there you go. There That's it is. actually That's how it. I got my name, Marshy Marsh. Well, then there you go. So, my nickname for you makes sense. That's true. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That does make sense. All right. Yeah. That's, what, that's where it is. Actually, funny story about uh, Playful Posse. This was, I want to say it was like, it had to be like over a year ago. I was doing, uh, there was a, like a hockey tournament and I was doing some some PA, some PA work. And this is different than your play-by-play. This is different okay. than play-by-play. Yeah. I was just, you know, calling goals, you know, just a and goal scored by Tim McKernan, you know, course, a penalty. Can't you know, skate, but he's cooking, you know. What? Anyways, uh, there was a, a gentleman that was also in there working the clock, and uh, we started just kind of talking, getting to know each other, and, and he ended up recognizing me and didn't call me Marshmallow. He just called me Playful Posse the entire time. Ah! And I loved it. I gotta tell you, it was funny. I, love, I really enjoy hearing that. It's nice to see that. Tape. He was a huge TMA fan. Is that right? Yeah, he just called you playful posse. He just called me playful posse. <laughs> what is your career goal? Are you looking to be a hockey uh, play-by-play guy? I think that's the that's the goal. You're pretty damn good, and I'm not well, just saying you. that for real. I appreciate that for real. Like sometimes there are guys do it, and I'm like, I just want to pull them aside and say, hey, let's let's switch let's switch careers. Yeah, you know. But I listen to you and I go, you're pretty damn good. Well, so then, yeah. like, what's the move for, like, a hot? Because there's there are only so many jobs in the NHL. Right. I think right now, you know, I'm just kind of in that state of flow, having fun doing this, and then also just working on my craft. It really comes down to reps, and I have a, a good spot right now with, with Maryville Hockey, and it's just been a, it's been a lot of fun. The guys there that I work with are, are great, and, you know, we get to 
call games and just be fun on the broadcast. It's sort of like a, a different type of broadcast. You know, we're, we're in that hockey realm, so we're always chirping each other on the air and whatnot. Like, it's a good time. So if you got a call from, like, a HL, mm-hmm. would you be like, well, I got to go. I got to go see about a girl. Goodwill hunting. Would you, how would you handle that, especially now that you're a man in love? I, mean, what, <laughs> yeah. what I think I would, definitely, I would definitely consider the option. Well, that's a bold statement. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for taking a stand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> AHL. Like, that's... that's that's I know. professional hockey. I you're know. one step closer that, to being the exactly NHL. Right. And so I think like not being able to play at the professional level when I got into this broadcasting field, that was the next goal was to get to that professional right. level in whatever that. capacity that is from a broadcasting standpoint. So you have sort of two different chapters in your life. And I feel like you probably the same thing. Like, Well, I got cut from everything, so I was never really close to yeah, anything. Yeah, you're the Michael Jordan of... Of radio. Good for you for saying that. Can we use that as a promo, Ryder? Or he's already left. He, he gets up and takes a break from 10 to 11. Because <laughs> he's not interested in watching the, quote, Michael Jordan of radio perform. Just so understandable. I'm more like the B.J. Armstrong of that, of that squad. Yeah, we had a guy who came in to produce for TMA. Uh, we started a station on 920 WGNU like a decade ago. Uh, it was kind of like a lifeboat while KFNS experienced a unique change of 590, the man, and 1380, the woman. His name was Brian Ray. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a St. Louis guy. And we're used to just kind of like what we do with, with Jackson. And I know what goes on with you and the boys in the afternoon on the fast lane. You know, you kind of give your producers just, you just, you know chirp as you would say yes i would say bus balls i don't know if i can say it but if i can't it's well, been a great run i didn't hit the dump button so <laughs> we'll figure it out later yeah. on so either way looks like you might have to retire like michael <laughs> we'll get you back <laughs> come though. back where the four or five so so this guy we're like doing the same thing that we had done he just started then he goes well you know i call hockey as well and we're like oh man let's pl- let's listen to this mm-hmm. and then we listen and go oh he's really good mm-hmm. he's gonna have a career now we can't make fun of him and he's been the dallas stars guy not That's the awesome. play-by-play guy right but the uh Alexa Dat, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, in the and I don't know if it's Fox Sports Dallas or Bally Sports Dallas, mm-hmm. whatever the hell it is now. Brian Ray, St. Louis guy, does a great job. Called games for their AHL affiliate. Mm-hmm. Was it the, was it the Texas Stars based out of Austin? I yeah, think? I believe so. And then got uh, the call to do that. So it really is realistic, mm-hmm. and you kind of got to put in the time, like you're doing, to your exactly. credit, not sitting there pouting. Then you're not getting an NHL gig, right? So that's why I'm curious when young guys what their goals are and then how they're attempting to make it work. Yeah, I think like especially in this field, it's it's about it like it's about seeing the journey and going through the journey. Like if I just if I got out of college and immediately went to some high profile like play by play job, right? There's a lot of things that I don't know. Like there's a lot of experiences that I haven't. Like Jackson doesn't know what icing is. Do you know that? I do know what icing okay, is. Okay, good. So, so look at know, that. It is nice that having played the game, you actually know what's going on in the game. It can be helpful. It, you, it can be helpful, but you know, if if I don't go through certain positions in my life, you don't end up learning things and you don't, you can't fail and then get back up and, and continue to go. Like I feel like people, you have to fail at some point. Like you said, you know, there's been certain areas in your life where maybe you haven't done the best and you've gotten to the point now. So, like, you, you have to go through things, and that's not just with play-by-play, that's with anything in sure, life, absolutely. right? You have to fail, and then you have to get back up and learn from what you did, and then go forward. Yeah, well, good for you. So so the goal would be doing NHL? I mean, that's, that's, that's got to be that's it, That's the right? goal. Well, good for you. 
and to still have that live at 27, that's a great thing. So that's the name of the game. Well, I'm happy. I'm, I'm well, really I appreciate man that. in love, calling hockey. Oh yeah, working with the boys in the afternoon on the Got balloon a great party. Show. Now you get to fill in for pills. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, this was one can... of the stops. <laughs> this is this is it. This is a stop on the great uh, guys. Marsh had a rap group. Am I correct? That's in the six three six. Yeah, that was revealed, wasn't it? Not a group though. It was just uh, just solo. You were solo. I was solo. You, you and know, young if you... page views. What's the deal with these hockey guys from St. Louis? All having rap careers. I don't know. You know, I think it started in in high school. It seemed like everybody wanted to have a rap career, and I thought, you know, well, I used to sing choir back in the day, back oh, in elementary school. So I, I like singing, and I'm like, can well, you sing? I mean, I can. I feel like I can. Like maybe not good, like other people. Have you romanced this lady friend of yours by singing? I believe I have. Wow, look at this. Maybe even wrote like a little tune, a little jingle for her. Oh my goodness. Yeah. This is Quincy Jones up in here. Look so. at you. My goodness. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I haven't I haven't been back in the game for a while though, so it's tough to to kind of get the the brain working and write some lyrics, but it's always fun. I like being creative. Yeah, I'm with a real renaissance man here. <laughs> yeah. He's dunking on piddles. <laughs> yeah, forget afternoon drive. You can do a one-hour midday show with me every day. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to another question. You've prepared a smorgasbord here, and I'm asking about your career and your love life. But I'm I'm really curious. So go ahead. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? All right. Let's look at... uh, So we have the the Chiefs coming up. They're playing the uh, the, the 49ers. Where do you fall on the, the Chiefs conversation in St. Louis. This is something that has changed over the course of my career. We used to have a football team here and nobody really cheered for the Chiefs and we've got what's taken place over the last six or seven years going on now. So I'll I'll just be honest. I I don't have like a a hate a hatred for the Chiefs. But you don't have a love. I don't have a love for them. My team is the Vikings and people from from the fast line that tune in, they they know that I'm a big Vikings fan. That's a real thing. That's not like a you really are pat like when they lose oh, yeah. I'll see your tweets and you're like in oh, a bad it's, way. It's, it is like I became a Vikings fan when the Rams did leave so they left and I wanted to remain a Rams fan because I like the players on the team. Then James Laurinaitis was was gone and I'm like, "You know what? He was my favorite player on the team. He's gone. I'm out." Mm-hmm. So, I ended up picking up the uh, Vikings as my team because I went to school in North Dakota and all my friends up there from the Twin Cities, they're all Vikings fans. Plus, they haven't won anything, so it wasn't like I was jumping on a bandwagon. Right. Like the previous year, Blair Walsh missed a field goal. Oh, so what a moment. Exactly. And I hop on the train. Sam Bradford becomes the quarterback. I'm like, well, you know, th- that guy, he was my quarterback for all these years. Yeah, I got to see him years. check down in St. Louis. Exactly. I'll check down in Minnesota now. Absolutely. They went 5-0 and to start off the season, and I think they lost almost every single game after that. So right. well, I, got a, I was baptized into that fan base. But uh, So I've been rooting for them, and, and We've been losing a lot, but I want to say it was 2019 Blues win the Stanley Cup, right? And I'm like, man, what a great time. Like, we have the parade being downtown game seven. It was unbelievable. The atmosphere was incredible. 2020 rolls around. Well, I kind of want to experience that again. Why don't I just drive to Kansas City? Go to Kansas City. Go to KC Power and Light, watch the the Super Bowl against the 49ers. They end up winning. I end up having a great time. I've been to Arrowhead, went one time for a Sunday night football game, had a great time. So in that range, I was I wasn't rooting for the Chiefs that night. I was because sure. I wanted to have a good time. Right. But you know, it, it's good to see. I I like seeing greatness. So I think there's a lot of people that that are sort of crapping on the Chiefs right now because they have that that notion that they're becoming the Patriots. Sure. And I hated the Patriots, but I appreciate what Tom Brady did. And so now that I'm older, I, I like seeing greatness. 
I like seeing what they're doing. Now, will I root for them in the Super Bowl? Maybe not. It, I think it depends on on what I'm feeling that day. If you're picking up my drift, yeah, but I understand exactly what you're talking yeah, about. You're it, looking at that number of two and debating which way you're going to go. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I don't know. I just I, I'm rooting for a good game, and if they win, they win. But I when love, we get to see greatness, I love having the greatness thing. The enemy, whether you yeah. appreciate it, and we've seen it over the last 25 years since 2000. Whether you want to go college football, you'd go with Roll Todd. Uh, college basketball, certainly Duke is the Antichrist for many. Uh, in the NFL, we had the Patriots. At a time, it was the Yankees. That's fallen off, but still regarded as the evil empire. If the Dodgers could convert any of these postseason appearances into championships, mm-hmm. they've had a ridiculous run, but they just haven't won world championships, minus the pandemic one in 20. And uh, and I like when you had, go, growing up for me, this predates you a bit, but the Red Wings... That was oh, yeah. the, the rival, and also that 2002 Red Wings team, and I was up there covering the Blues at Joe Lewis Arena, mm-hmm. and you go back and you look at that 2002 Red Wings team and the roster, and it's just like, it was just like a Hall of Fame roster. Yeah, like I, re- more, I remember I watching there those were more games. Hall of Famers on that team than, than there were not, which is quite odd, but uh, I like when there is, and now we happen mm-hmm. to have that, especially if the Chiefs were to win, and Mahomes still being only 28, we can see, who knows, maybe another decade of this guy doing it. I think for this Super Bowl, it's tough because I do I do like seeing greatness, and I like seeing greatness in the biggest games. Whether or not they win, that is, I don't really care about that. But I, I, don't, I don't know if I love this matchup. Like, it, it's a good matchup from a football standpoint. You have a high-flying offense in San Francisco, it's a rematch from the Super Bowl that I just mentioned. But, like, I'm not a huge—I don't love San Francisco. Like, I'm not a big San Francisco fan. I know the the Lions are an NFC North team, and I shouldn't be rooting for them because they're a rival of the Vikings. But I think from a, a, a matchup standpoint and, like, a storyline standpoint, the Chiefs and Lions would have been a that great Super been, that Bowl. That would have been the absolute—I think that would have yeah. been the optimal one. And that's why I was pulling for the Lions yeah. myself. It was a rematch of the first game of the season. You have the, the Lions who beat the Chiefs, but the Chiefs didn't have Travis Kelsey. Right. They didn't have Tr- Chris Jones. I feel like that would have been an intriguing matchup. You have the Lions who are trying to win their first Super Bowl. And what better team to then try and beat than the world yeah. champions? Yeah, the so previous you truly do have champions. the David versus Goliath showdown. Yeah, you're right about that. So. I just wanted to see the Lions. I can tell you that. Do you, which team do you hate as a Vikings? Have you actually adopted the hate? The hate? Is it Packers? So I, I just hate the Cowboys in general. That's not a uh, an NFC North team. I just don't like their fans. I think they're obnoxious. Um, much like, like Toronto Maple Leaf fans, I think they're obnoxious. But from the NFC North... Probably, yeah, the Packers. Like, the Lions, they haven't really done anything other than this year and a little bit of last year, so I didn't really care about them. The Bears are the Bears. So, yeah, it's the Packers. But also, you know, in this playoffs, I was I put that, that fan aside and could under, and could appreciate what Jordan Love and that team did. Could you bet the Packers against the Cowboys? Because then all of a sudden I have to look at you differently. That was where the sharp money was I, in the playoffs. I did not. I did not. That was uh, the, the squares were on the Cowboys and the sharps were all over the Packers. And I remember mm-hmm. seeing that both on the money line and also getting seven and a half. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. But if that's where it is, that's what's going to somehow happen. And then sure enough. I didn't bet on them, but I, I thought that they would win. Not because wow. I thought the Packers were you. good. 
But you knew the Cowboys would I knew would the Cowboys would lose. Piss down their Because leg. they always do. That's, that's what they're prone to do. What I always do is just ignore the clock on this show. How do you guys do with the clock on the fast lane? We do pretty good. Some yeah, days are better than others. but it. I do terribly. Because you've been on TMA. You know we go for like an hour and a half. And then right. I go, oh, let's break, I guess. Hey, just, let's break. I, I got to go to the bathroom. Exactly. That's exactly That's the only reason. We'll break here. We have one segment left. BK and Ferraro at the top of the hour. Marshy Marsh and the Playful Posse filling in for the vacationing Jackson Burkett. This is Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Munganess Burke. Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Final segment of the day. Marshy Marsh, playful posse filling in today. And then you can hear him again on the fast lane from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Anthony Stalter is uh, out today. So uh, how does that so that when he's out, he's mm-hmm. your usual point guy. Do you say, boys, I'll handle everything? Is that what you say? No, Jamie Rivers steps up. Next man up mentality. Next man up mentality on yep. that fast lane. So Jamie steps up. He uh, He's the quarterback of the show when, when Anthony's gone, and he did a great job yesterday. God bless America. So that's coming up from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., followed by or preceded by BK and Ferrario coming up in about five minutes here. Uh, Jackson is vacationing. He'll be back on Monday. Marshy Marsh, what else do you have here on this Thursday thoroughfare as you attempt to shine bright in the shadow of Lil Piddles. Yes, I wanted to bring this up to you. I know we're 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 running out of time here, well, but that's just terrible clock management, which is my <laughs> I think there's usual. A, there's a lot of people in town like you look at a Jordan Kyrou. Why do people butt heads with the way Jordan Kyrou plays? It's because that that like work ethic that they don't see or they don't think they see. So like I have a question, are expectations of a player based off of the city's culture and work ethic? Ooh. Wow. Look at you. Boy, you and Piddles both do this. You have these wonderful questions, and they come like at 10.56. <laughs> but that's in part because I don't break until 10.50. Um, God, I, th- I think that, the, yeah, I do think that there's mm-hmm. something to that. I think that there's something to that. Like, the Cardinals have a culture, but it's not necessarily, I'm not saying it's not hardworking. It's mm-hmm. just a certain kind, like it's baseball guys mm-hmm. usually are the ones who want to come and play here, or they become baseball guys. But, like, this city is perfect for Paul Goldschmidt. Exactly. Because there's no, like, TMZ bull crap, and he can mm-hmm. play baseball, and he can play golf, and he can be with his family, and he can be, you know, even though he's a superstar, potential Hall of Fame baseball player, under the spotlight. But then a guy like, like if St. Louis had an NFL team, for example, Cody Schrader not taking away the Missouri ties, say so he played it like Oregon, he'd be a god because of what would be considered a, you know, the, the work ethic thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's something, there's absolutely something to that. Yeah. And then some would say, might not be fair, stereotypically, that Cairo would be get great skating around for the Kings or something like right. that. You know what I mean? Like, he profiles as, like, an Eastern Conference type or, player. Or, yeah, like, flying around for the Panthers or something like that. I, yeah, I, I, I do think that there's something to that. I don't... There was, you know, there's, there's kind of before Baruby was fired and, and, and afterwards, and it's not an after-the-fact opinion. It, it's, it's certainly highlighted more now, but, you know, there was, there was some pushback on him well before that happened. And I'm talking about well before the, the famous sound bites mm-hmm. uh, that, that Jeremy Rutherford tweeted out and then what took place after that, that Thursday night game. That sort of amplified oh, it. Oh, it absolutely did. Mm-hmm. It was gasoline on the fire, but it did exist before then. 
And I, and the way I would describe it, I'm curious what you think on this. I could tell when I was covering the Cardinals on a daily basis that Tony Larusa was not high on J.D. Drew's song and dance, mm-hmm. but he didn't call him out. You had to know the coded words to know, like he would say, you know, if somebody's hurt, he would say, you know, hurt, he's, you know, hope to get him back. It's, it's somebody said, notice J.D. wasn't in the lineup. Yeah, you know, J.D.'s got an ouchie. And so that was his way of saying, you know, you know a bit of a soft. Yes. So... I just I was sensing that Baruby wasn't real high on Cairo, and then he got the contract, and I'm going, well, I'm a bit surprised because I kind of get the sense that, at the same time, Baruby would probably be the first one to say, yeah, Jordan Cairo is going to be around, you know, in the league playing longer than I'm going to be the head coach of the Blues. Mm-hmm. He might be coaching somewhere else. So if the organization values that speed and they can't find it somewhere else, they're going to reward it. But I just felt like it wasn't going to be a good match well before the deal. What did you think? Because you know this stuff. You know this stuff. Yeah, I think the Blues have lacked a player like Jordan Cairo. Like I, I th- when I think of like the superstars within the organization, like the first one that comes to mind is Vladimir Tarasenko. Like he is the the last guy to do that. And Vladimir Tarasenko wasn't the best two hundred foot player by any means, but first game of his career, he comes out and scores two goals yeah. against the most hated team in your division at the time, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, but I think with him, you see guys like Ryan O'Reilly come into St. Louis and it just fits what exactly what we're talking about to a T, right? Just hard worker. People love him. And to see him go in this new version of the Blues, they're just completely different players. And I think that's what's maybe troubling people is because you see that work ethic from one of your superstars who's not here anymore, and then you're paying another guy more money than what O'Reilly would have received and you're not getting the same work right. ethic, I think that bothers people. Sure. You're exactly right. It, you're, it's an astute observation. I think it's right on target. I was asked yesterday, and I don't know, I'm doing three shows, so I can't recall where I was asked, so this might be redundant here, if I thought he would finish his eight-year deal here. And I'm like, no way. And that's not that's not a criticism of him. I just I'm, I feel like I, I have an idea of how this story is going to go. And mm-hmm. at some point, I think they... Uh, they will part ways, and I don't really think that's all that bold of an opinion. Marsh and Marsh, it's already 11 o'clock. I know. Flew by. Flies, Tip of the cap time flies you. by when you're having fun, Amen. right? Uh, well, we'll be back tomorrow to do it. Yes. Uh, Marshy Marsh uh, back in tomorrow at 10, but uh, back in today at 2 p.m. on the fast lane. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. For Andrew Marsh, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Munganas Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.